What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. Tesla just had their Q2 2022 earnings call. We're going to tell you what you need to know next on In-Depth on Now You Know. This episode is brought to you by Henson Shaving. Head over to their website and use the code now you know for 100 free blades. All right, so let's first get to the highlights of the earnings call and the earnings letter. You know, this wasn't the best quarter ever, so don't be expecting that. Like, we're so used to the past, like, few quarters that are just beating the quarter before it. So get your, you know, expectations a little lower. This is a tough quarter, but there was some good and mixed news here. So let's hit it. And, of course, the reason why this quarter was difficult was because of the Shanghai shutdown. Tesla has exploded in terms of production in Shanghai. So that way, when you turn that off, it uh, looks like, you know, they aren't doing as well. It, it was a temporary thing. It wasn't like the factory exploded. And also uh, your margins are hit by the fact that you're opening new factories. And as you're opening those, they're not at full production capacity yet. Mm-hmm. So just keep all that in mind. You, you can't have continual amazing quarters. So let's take a look. All right, so free cash flow of $621 million in Q2. Thanks to Hypercharts, by the way, for their awesome charts. So you can put this in perspective. So not a lot of free cash flow for the quarters you can see, but increased cash by $800 million to $18.3 billion that's in the bank. So that's up 13% year over year. So if you're looking at what they've actually got in the bank, we're doing great. In the letter, they said we ended the quarter with the highest vehicle production month in our history. So that's great. So even though you can see here, Q2 wasn't record level in terms of deliveries, it was a tough quarter because of the Shanghai COVID shutdown, but we're still doing fine. $2.3 billion in gap net income. So again, not the best quarter ever, but pretty close to it. Uh, 14.6% operating margin in Q2. So it is heading down. But again, that is because of the opening factor and it takes a while to get production at full ramp, which gets you up to high efficiency. And it's also because of the shutdowns, which of course affected the automotive gross margin, which is coming in at 27.9%. Yeah, and that's down from the last few quarters, as you can see here. Good news, Gigafactory Berlin reached an important milestone of over 1,000 cars produced in a single week while achieving positive gross margin during the quarter. So they're actually making money on those cars. Rivian... (laughs) From our Austin factory, the first vehicles with Tesla-made 4680 cells and structural battery packs were delivered to our U.S. customers, so that's good news. With each of the Fremont and Shanghai factories achieving their highest ever production months and new factory growth, we are focused on a record-breaking second half of 2022. That's what we should be focused on right now, is the second half of Mm -hmm. this year. And here's a nice piece of news. The highest solar deployment in over four years. So 106 megawatts. That's up 25% year over year. Yeah. So this is because um, after Solar City, things kind of died down. Why? Solar City was going door to door. And when you go door to door, you sell a lot of solar. Then Elon said, I don't like that. Don't do door to door. And so solar sales went down. And they've been down for a long time. This is not a new development, Um, but it seems to be picking back up. And that could have something to do with electricity prices going up. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to go solar. And by the way, if you want to go solar, um, reach out to our friends at EnergyPal. Link down below. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right. So automotive revenues were at $14.6 billion. That's up 43% year over year. So not the best quarter, but yet up 43% year over year. How many other companies in your portfolio are doing that? 
In the highlight letter, they said, as of the end of Q2, we have converted approximately 75% of our Bitcoin purchases into fiat currency. Translation, they sold their Bitcoin and now they have cash money. And they put $936 million of cash onto their balance sheet. So Bitcoin's been going down. So when did they do this? So in order to sell 75% of their Bitcoin assets and add $936 million of cash to their books, they must have sold between April 1st and May 6th. Interesting. So that's basically uh, the beginning of Q2 which is where they have to start reporting. And then May 6th through the 10th-ish is where uh, Bitcoin dropped below the price that they bought it at. I actually think this is good news because that means that there's a whole lot less in Bitcoin holdings now, which means for now at least uh, there's less volatility. So they actually had a loss of about $100 million. Uh, that's because they bought $1.5 billion worth. So, you know, it's it's a slight loss, but it's it could have been worse. Things could always be worse. And it had already been reported as right. being worse. Um, there have already been news agencies that have like done the math over $1.5 billion and what's the current price of Bitcoin. And this is how much Tesla lost. So not as bad as been reported. So uh, take that, news agencies. So let's look at car production. Model S and X sold 16,411 units. Uh, Model 3 and Y sold 242,000 units. That's up 19% year over year. Storage deployed, so that's battery storage, was 1,133 megawatt hours. That's down 11% year over year. Their mobile service fleet, so those are the vans that go out and fix things, 1,453 vehicles. That's up 33% year over year. So they are increasing that, which is something we're always worried about. And then supercharger locations, 3,971 in the world. That's up 34% year over year. So again, Amazing, because a lot of companies like Electrify America can't put out that many new chargers. And yet Tesla, which has so many things to focus on, can still do what they need to do quarter after quarter. If you take all their factories right now and you add up all of their current capacities, you get do the math. That's one point nine million cars a year. And Zachary Kirkhorn, the CFO, said that by the end of the year, they hope to actually hit that. And for those of you excited about this table because you're like, huh, all those things are in development uh, last quarter. They were also in development, except that we didn't know what RoboTaxi and others was going to be. Right. What do you think the others is? Ooh, the van, maybe? RoboVan. RoboVan. Thank you for your cooperation. And also, what opens the door to RoboVan so you can get in? Tesla bot. It's automatic door, <laughs> just like the Okay, well, X. then Tesla bot just says hello. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's look at the market share of Tesla vehicles by region. And I love that this chart keeps going up, except for Europe. Europe took a little like just flattened a little bit. And why do you think that is? I think it's because uh, Shanghai didn't produce as much. And it's because Giga Berlin isn't online yet. Here's something from the letter. It said, thanks to large castings and parts consolidation, the robot count in our body shops and new factories dropped by over 70% per unit of capacity compared to our first iteration of Model 3 body shop. Let's look at this chart, which makes it easier. So what are we talking about here? So in, in this case, red is good. <laughs> okay. And and blue is you know previous. Uh, basically, uh, Model Y Berlin aren't but aren't robots good? Why do we want less robots? You want less robots? They're expensive and they they take up space. Oh, so it's not they, more humans. It's just like because you're going kachunk and making one part, you don't. I see. Okay, exactly. gotcha. And so basically, this is all because of the gigapress. Nice. This next one really interesting. Uh, Vision based seatbelt tensioning. So here's a thing that we never get to talk about ever is, is uh, seatbelt pretensioning. If you get into an accident, mm -hmm. there's sensors all over the car mm -hmm. that detect a collision. And so when those sensors detect collision, your seatbelt will uh, pretension. Oh, pull me back into the seat. Yes. And you might be saying, well, why would it be doing that? Why? It's because when you then need to go, 
because you've just gotten oh, into right. a collision. Um, it's better to have pretension and then let you out slowly. And so oh. what Tesla is doing here is instead of relying on the sensors to, oh, we have hit something. Mm -hmm. Let me send a signal. And then the motor will go as you're like, it's going to use vision. It's going to say, we are about to hit something because I see that we're about to hit something. And so how does that help? So basically, it's going to pretension before the accident happens oh. because things actually need to so start So before moving. impact, you actually start and get pulled back. Microseconds oh. before the impact, you're going to, the belt is going to be pretensioning, which means that it can actually let you forward slower. And if you look at the graph on the right, that shows a slower um, deacceleration. Oh, so it's the acceleration that hurts you. It's like exactly. your head whipping forward. So if it can slow me down, then I do better in the accident. And they mentioned during the call that they can also use vision for airbag deployment. Because, you know, a lot of times airbags actually you know, can hurt, do more damage. If the airbag could deploy before you'd even get into the crash, so that you're just like, instead of it going, kaboom. But here's the problem. My car's already been built. <laughs> well, it's an over-the-air software update for cars with uh, hardware three. Wow. Wow. That means that cars that they've previously sold just got that much safer. That is, that is going to save lives right there. That graph, wow. that is lives. I don't know. I think it's just, Amazing that Tesla is the company that's going to bring about one of those safety features that I'm sure everyone's going to go like, well, of course, in yeah. just a few years. So Elon had some opening remarks. He said, despite challenges, one of the strongest quarters we had, mm -hmm. uh, Fremont, Shanghai in June had record production, supply chain hell, of course, for the past several years. They're going to hit the 1,000 vehicle per week milestone in Texas in the next few months. Now, there's a pilot line in Giga Texas delivering 4680s, but for the most part, they're using 2170s currently. And he said, we have enough 2170s for the rest of the year. 4680 is not important this year, but it will be important next year. They've rolled out FSD beta to 100,000 owners and they plan on rolling it out fully by the end of the year, which is pretty interesting. 35 million miles, by the way, on FSD beta already, more than all other companies combined, according to Elon. Elon went on to say that manufacturing is their strongest competitive advantage, which makes sense if you know anything about the Giga Press. He says we need to make stuff efficiently, of course. Um, and he reiterated why Giga Castings is so important, because basically they have a three times smaller body shop, wow. um, and the cars are going to be lighter, cheaper, and quieter. He said that they're good on every level. Let's talk about Cybertruck. I think I heard them move back a few months. Remember, it was going to be the beginning of next year. Now, Elon said middle of next year is when production of Cybertruck will begin. Yes. So he did just it back a little bit. Then we move on to Zachary Kirkhorn's opening remarks. He, of course, talked about the Shanghai shutdown. They talked about the $106 million cost of the Bitcoin impairment. But then Elon jumped in and said, we didn't sell Bitcoin because it's doing badly. We sold it because we needed cash for the Shanghai COVID shutdowns. That sounded like BS to me. And then he said, we have not sold any Dogecoin. I don't know. This sounded like Elon's crypto bro friends had something to do with him putting the statement in there sure. because, uh, I don't know, weird. Yeah, I mean, like Elon interrupted Zachary Kirkcorn. And I was like, eh, that's rude. But then Zachary uh, went on. He said that they are poised for a record-breaking second half of 2022 um, and that they're pushing for 50% growth this year, which is amazing, new, but amazing. So then we had a mix of questions from Say. And remember, you can go on to Say and vote up and vote down questions, which I think is the best way to have them done on this call. I just want to put my little two cents in here. I do not like the institutional investors who actually get to be on the call because they always go on and on and the questions are usually dumb. 
I mean, I will say that a lot of the questions even asked on say.com, they're voted up and down. But of course, the institutional investors own like uh, millions of shares. So they always get to go up to the top. I never really think that they're that great. So we had the question, when will Tesla have a unified vector space for both the static and moving object network? Will this be version 11 or a later version? If the latter, can you explain what makes it a difficult problem in layman's terms? And then Elon basically said, I'm not going to answer you in layman's terms. Only 0.001% of the audience will understand me. Right. You have to knit together at the neural net level instead of the C++ level to have the most desirable outcome. Not necessarily to achieve full self-driving, but it would improve the efficiency. We'll use surround video, auto-labeling, and surround video inference with spatial memory, which would be nirvana. Almost certainly that'll be by the end of the year. We're confident in improving the frame rate from above 24 frames per second to a goal of 36 frames per second. So, who cares? There you go. For the, for the five of you who understood what he was talking about. I mean, I do care about this stuff, but I don't understand it. I'm not smart enough. And, you know, a lot of techie nerd stuff, uh, even for me. Uh, There's a question about uh, Elon recently tweeted about lowering prices once inflation cools down. Can you elaborate on what you mean by cooling down and how aggressively the company will lower prices? More broadly, how do you think about auto pricing longer term? And basically, Elon said um, that he thinks inflation will decline by the end of this year. But he said, take that with a grain of salt. He obviously doesn't know. Uh, He said the price of lithium shot up from about $11 to $80 per kilogram. But steel and aluminum prices are trending down. Most other commodities are trending down. He said, I urge entrepreneurs to enter the lithium refining business. It's like minting money. So I don't know. What do you want to become a lithium miner? Lithium refiner. Refiner. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was interesting. How hard can it be? Uh, yeah, it was just such a boneheaded question. I'm glad that Elon gave us a little bit more, but obviously they can't like lower prices until there's obvious. Like it's really been smart that they've been raising prices this whole time because it's kept their automotive margins sane. You could see that if they didn't do that, they definitely would have lost uh, margins like really heavily. And Elon pointed out they have a six to 12 month lead time from when you order the car and, uh, you know, agree on a price to when you actually Tesla has to deliver. And inflation between those two points in time can determine how much they're going to make or lose. Right. There were a bunch of other not like dumb questions, but questions that obviously they're not going to be able to answer the way you want them to. Um, So I think we're going to skip these. Thanks, institutional investors. This one was an interesting uh, retail question. Yeah. How do you feel the progress of FSD is going and does Andre Kaparthi leaving have any significant impact on any timelines or potential progress? And Elon jokingly said that Andre wrote the entire code by himself. (laughs) That was ironic. He did not. Right. And so he said, we have a 120 member team in software AI group. He's highly confident we'll solve FSD this year. He openly said, like, it still seems to be this year. So they must be hitting their targets. Um, And he said that um, Andre basically wants to contribute more to AI. He didn't say that he's going to go work for a competitor like I think he will. Uh, I, mean, I think he's going to get big money offers. I He will get big money offers, but I do feel like uh, he must be going back to teaching or something mm, like that. I think it's hard to go back to <laughs> teaching when those offers start coming I in. Suppose. There's a question about how is the 4680 ramp going and is Giga Texas producing cells yet? They said that we're making progress on 4680s, 1,000 per week, well before the end of the year is the goal. Mm-hmm. Cato Road, you know, over in Fremont, they're unlocking 35% month over month increases. So... Now that they're using this dry electrode technology, it's been hard, but they're finally figuring it out. And they said our target is for Texas to beat Cato output before the end of this year. So that's great. Because don't forget, everything they learn at Cato, they just apply everywhere else. Right. Uh, There's this question from Institutional Investor. With regards to the TAMP of production, what's TAMP of production? 
This is why I hate institutional investors. They didn't even feel the need. Is T next to R? Oh, T next to R on the on the computer and keyboard. And you just hit enter. Yeah. Uh, don't read it first. Don't proofread. Yeah. That's fine. You're so, an institutional investor. So with regards to the ramp of production in Austin and Berlin, how is the situation with regards to the supply of semiconductors, battery cells, and other components? How about cost inflation impacting profitability of these and other plants? I think the only interesting part of this answer was that I think it was Lars. It, it's hard to tell who is speaking during yeah. the call, but I I think he said that there's 1,600 unique pieces of silicon from 43 different companies that Tesla has to uh, have in their supply chain. Yeah. And Zachary Kirkhorn said that the largest inflation increase happened this quarter. Wow. So hopefully we've peaked and hopefully inflation rates go down. Especially when we're talking about uh, semiconductors. Yeah. Big question here. We all want to know this. And this came from retail investors. Of course, when will the Cybertruck be officially available? And Elon said, hoping to start delivering the middle of next year. So it has been pushed back, it sounds like, because we had heard before the beginning of next year. We are number 20 or so on the list. Mm -hmm. So I guess a year from now, we'll be <laughs> driving our Cybertruck. Awesome. And then Peter Faragoo oh. from New Street Research always asks such long, long questions. It, I I wish that it was timed. It should just be timed like it's some kind like, oh, I don't know exactly what it is. His, his he, question... he was asking, basically, a lot of people have thought that they're sandbagging on the 4680s, right? That these 4680 Model Ys have come mm -hmm. out at, at Texas. They think that the range could be better and that they're just like software limiting it. According to Drew, he said, we're not putting all the bells and whistles from day one into this, but we're certainly not holding back goodies for a rainy day. So I think he means... There's more to come, but we're not software limiting. That's what I read into this. Yeah, I mean, they went on this long talk about 4680 production and dry electrode and all sorts of different stuff. Basically, they haven't put all of the magic into the 4680 that they talked about at Battery Day. Right. Um, they're going to be rolling this out slowly. So the 4680s that people are buying today are not Battery Day 4680s. Right. It's just the form factor. Like version it's, one. It's not all of the silicon and all of the other stuff that they're going to exactly. put in there to make them awesome. Um, and so basically they were pushing back and saying like, no, we're not sandbagging. We're not going to just like one day unlock these 4680 Teslas. Interesting, but not like groundbreaking question. And Elon stressed again that um, we need to increase the rate of battery production um, it is not some kind of new technology that we need to get to where we're going. It's just make more batteries. There was a question from Deutsche Bank about, you know, the future of the macro economy. Is it going to impact demand? Zachary Kirkhorn said, maybe. And then Elon said, uh, prices right now are at embarrassing levels. Hopefully we can reduce the prices a little bit. So at least right. he's realizing that like the Model 3 and the Model Y are really expensive right now. Right. For a lot of us, we want, you know, we want an affordable car. Mm -hmm. But I think Elon put it well. He says production is the problem, not demand. Right. So asking anything about demand is kind of stupid. Right. They have a one year backlog for some vehicles. Good point. They said they never talk about demand. Right. Um, and on the supply side, they do think that they can hit the 1.9 million units per year at the end of this year. He said there's a good chance of executing this year at 40,000 cars a week. They've had many weeks where they've hit 30,000 cars a week. Wow. A question from Oppenheimer about FSD pricing strategy. And Elon said the value of FSD is extremely high and not well understood by most people. And currently it's ridiculously cheap. And he mentioned that there will be a price increase sometime later this year, just before they go to wide beta. So basically the full self-driving rollout is not going to be, it is full self-driving It'll be full self-driving beta to everyone who's paid for it. Right. Okay. So you won't have to have the 99 driving score to get it. Thank goodness. Right. Because yeah. most people have given up on trying to get that. <laughs> uh, not, not most people, but... A lot of people. A lot of people have. Then we got to, I think, the most ridiculous 
line of questioning. Oh, from Bernstein. From Bernstein. Uh, Tony Sakanaji was like, I want you to tell me, was it that an empirical or speculative thing that you said about demand? Um, because basically Elon and, and uh, Zach had said like, there's no problem with demand, maybe a little bit. I don't know what you're talking about. And of course, he didn't get the answer that he wanted. And then he like brought it back up. It was well, Elon basically said that he gets to see the orders every week for Tesla's. Mm -hmm. And it's a mood barometer for the economy, right? When when consumers think things are going well, they buy cars. When they don't, they don't. And he said it's been very manic depressing. It's up and down. Mm -hmm. But he said demand is not a problem for us. Because they have a one-year backlog. There was an interesting follow-up question from Tony, which asked about uh, Elon's personal role in the company for the next three or four years. Uh, he said, you know, why have you been on every earnings call when you said you wouldn't be? And Elon said, well, if it's all good news, I won't be here. But if there's some bad news or something I have to explain, I will. And he said, I'm committed to the long term. I'll work at Tesla as long as I can contribute to AI and the stability of the company. So that's great news. He didn't yeah. say... I'm going on sabbatical. Um, Elon did finish up by saying there's exciting news on AI Day coming up. And he said, we'll be further ahead than most people think. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Can we just talk about how nobody at all, no questions at all about. It's all uh, about cars. But nothing about the robots that they're going to be making. Right. You know, the robots that we're going to, that Tesla said that they're going to make. Why are there no questions about the robots that Tesla is going to make? Hello? Hello? Because these are auto analysts and they don't know anything about this. I don't understand. You know, there's been all these rumors about Tesla making a phone, which have been completely unfounded. And yet people will like, I, I think maybe one of them even made it into some of the bottom right. say questions a quarter or, or two ago. And it's like, but the robots, the robots that people they said. don't get the robots. Give me a break. Yeah. Can Please, for people, retail investors, you're watching this, right? Please, can we ask some questions about robots in the next earnings well, call? Well, the good news is that we're going to have AI Day 2 by then. And so we're going to uh, know more about, we're going to see Optimus uh, dancing so around and doing stuff. Missed the opportunity, guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We hope we brought you some understanding of what happened on the earnings call. So you didn't have to spend a whole hour falling asleep listening oh. to the awful questions. The um, I was really kind of pumped about it. I mm -hmm. think we're going to talk about it more on the Now You Know Investor Club. Yep. So head on over to our Patreon if you haven't already joined us. It's at patreon.com slash now you know. You can join for as little as a buck a month and you can join us there and get all of our bonus stories every week. And we also have an investor club where we talk about this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of our investor club members, by the way, have made a lot of money <laughs> and uh, they like to tell us that every week and we love to hear it. So we hope we see you over there. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Now you know. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.